everyone. Grace and peace to you. This is Jessica, and I am with my friends today, Melissa, Toby, and Dave. And, you know, as a church, we're in a series called Future Church, a way of life for the church of the future. And this past Sunday's sermon was titled A Community of Holiness in a Culture of Moral Relativism Through the Practice of Fasting. That is a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Mouthful. So on today's podcast, we're going to be diving deeper into some of the ways we live into this particular practice and talking about the themes of moral relativism and holiness and how that kind of all fits together. So, you know, no big deal, right? (laughs) Um, And just as a recap, this past Sunday, we defined moral relativism. It says that there is no such thing as a universal right or wrong. Individuals and cultures are free to form their own moral truths, and those truths are always correct, as there are no objective moral truths to compare them to. So let's just dive right in. One, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about the topic in general, but also really wanting to tie that into our practice of fasting and why this particular uh, practice is so important to kind of gauge and like experience God. So who wants to go first? (laughs) I mean, I got to say, I got to be honest and say that um, just even the word word moral relativism and then the word like trying to describe it um, was really hard for me to digest. So I had a harder time really kind of defining that word for myself, though the examples were really helpful. But I think in all of that, I got caught, caught up so much in trying to think through what's going on that I missed some of the connections. Mm-hmm. So missed kind of like how moral relativism really ties in. I think I, I understand that the tying in with, with holiness, mm-hmm. um, but then how does fasting play into that was mm-hmm. for me kind of a, a harder point to connect. So I wonder if, if any of you one <laughs> have understood a little bit better and yeah. can clarify things for me. Um, yeah, I... It's like it to me, it makes so much sense. It's like so logical. And my logical brain just like every time, every new point, as Dave transitioned from first sermon to second sermon to third sermon yes. yesterday, or yeah, mon- Sunday, I was just like, yes, oh, yes, I to- yes, like you're totally, I get it. Um, I think oh, so. Moral relativism, like starting in this kind of cloud of whatever, what, like whatever floats your boat, you know, like you do you and that's fine. And if you do you and you do you and you do you, and we're all just in our own happy little morally relative world. And that's great for you. And how, when we drive down as followers of Jesus, that like, that doesn't work. And actually I, the one thing Dave said that like, I just like, it blew, like oh, I love I like want to put that on my refrigerator. When <laughs> he said yeah. uh, we need to restore a sacred order because what we have isn't working, yeah. and that like moral relativism yeah. and like Dave as he said beautifully on Sunday, just like it doesn't it's not working. It yeah. doesn't work. And how so we need to restore the sacred a sacred order, and that takes us to holiness where we have like this opportunity, this like I guess you could even say responsibility as followers of Jesus to like to own and walk in to walk faithfully in the holiness that like Jesus lived his example in. And that's sanctification, right? That like, Mm -hmm. that's our process of becoming like Jesus and like Mm. doing what he did and following his teachings. And so then when you drill down into that fasting is this really unique way where we take our physical body, which moral relativism probably like has some of the most power to, 
give you all the permission mm. to mm-hmm. do whatever you want. It's your body. Mm. It's your life. So what, like, really, if you want to like pierce, whatever, get tattoo, whatever, do whatever, sleep with whoever, eat whatever, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's yours. You're the only one mm. who has ownership over it. So you, of course you get the final say. And it's a way that we can say that actually doesn't work. Mm. It doesn't even work for me Mm. if I do that. So I'm going Mm. to do like the counter cultural, the counter like universal thing and say, actually, whatever floats my boat doesn't actually float my boat. Mm. (laughs) Like it actually kills my boat. (laughs) And um, instead, I'm going to submit my physical body under someone else's Mm. ownership. Mm. And like I'm going to allow God to be the one who defines, Mm. dictates, like rules over Mm. my Mm. body. And Mm. fasting is like one of the, like, so, so not eating food is like one of the only universal experiences that we can all say like, okay, then everybody, everybody needs nutrients. We Mm. all need sustenance. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's how you live. Mm -hmm. I'm, I am so committed to this idea that my, even my body is not mine, Hmm. that I will, I will not give my body what it's telling me it wants or it needs because what my, what my body actually truly needs more than food is to recognize its place Hmm. under Hmm. the Lordship of Christ. Hmm. And so it's like, it's this like, it's almost this like battle move Hmm. of like, no, I'll show you who's boss to your (laughs) own body. And I, I think it's, and so that to me is like, I think why, how it's linear is like, there are no rules. We, we need rules. Mm -hmm. And this is the way that I can like submit my body to the rule of, of God. Yeah. Yeah. And there are are other ways, but Mm -hmm. with, but food is this unique pocket. Mm -hmm. And there are so many, it's like so many like incredible moments in scripture of like how food is used. Communion is food. Like, Mm Jesus feeds 5,000, mm. like we celebrate with food. If mm. you're Jewish, you like funerals are filled with food. <laughs> like, so I like it just, I think it's a really unique little space that, mm-hmm. that has a lot of power mm-hmm. if we'll submit to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would say even Toby, like, I would just want to say too, like you're probably not alone in that mm-hmm. whole thing. When people use terms like moral relativism, I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I love that there is the part it's attached to holiness yeah. because to me it was more about what's holy, what's yeah. considered holy. Yeah. And you know, Melissa, when you had the thing, like whatever floats your boat, it actually reminded me of, I don't know if you guys are into boats, but like if, <laughs> there are certain things that you need in a boat to go straight. And to me, holiness is like this rudder Mm. that makes and maps your course. Mm. And so Jesus is the ultimate like rudder, what Mm. is holy, Mm. how we use our bodies, our minds, Mm -hmm. all that we are. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you've ever been in a boat that's rudderless, Mm. it is, it goes in circles Mm -hmm. and it goes wherever the tide and whatever is washing you away. Mm -hmm. Like there is no direction. And so to me, Holiness is the rudder. Fasting is a way to kind of ground yourself, center yourself around God. And I also think moral relativism is kind of a way that it seeks in, like seeps into our even church culture Mm. to kind of feel like kind of taking us off of our course a little bit too. Like if we really use that as like our center rather than, than God. And so I don't know if that's enlightening at all. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It is for me. <laughs> I 100% had to Google moral relativism when we started this whole thing. I was like, let me just make sure we're yes. all on the same page. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I really want to touch on too when we were talking a little bit about holiness, um, but also the difference between judgment or even legalism mm. and holiness. Like, mm-hmm. what's the difference? Because I think a lot of times, even for me personally, I use holiness as a means to judge something else, mm-hmm. right? And so I also think the practice of fasting, wow, really points that out and roots that up in my life when I'm like, I, I'm judging people for not mm. doing something when mm-hmm. that's actually not the posture of my heart that mm-hmm. should be towards Christ. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious if that, if you guys have thoughts about that. Yeah, I think anytime, anytime you like up your holiness, you like automatically <laughs> up your, your judgmentalness or you're like, yeah. I think I, because I think we all have had those moments, particularly probably, I hope in our younger years as believers of like the, the legalism that tends to mm-hmm. happen when mm-hmm. we're like talking about like really rigid rules around I don't know, how you dress, dating, again, what you get, I must have some like piercing thing because that one keeps coming up for me. Um, but, uh, and I think the difference between holiness and like that legalism that tends to be like really rigid and judgmental and like nasty, um, I think is like holiness is about allowing what God is doing inside of you to like manifest outside of you. Mm. And judgment is like, needing what is happening outside of you to define what's happening Mm -hmm. inside of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm fasting because I have something to prove or I'm like, you know, Mm. there's like, I'm fasting because like I want to earn something from God Mm -hmm. or because like, I don't think you've been doing enough to move this thing. Mm -hmm. Then like, yeah, fasting is going to, it's a weapon in the bad sense. Like Mm. you're using it manipulatively or you're using it to earn something. And, and like, we all, we all know we can't earn anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but if it's, if fasting is an expression of your, your commitment, your submission, your praise, your trusting of who Mm. God is and what he's doing, then, you know, I don't have to hold you accountable to what I'm doing Mm. because what I'm doing is about what's happening inside of me. Mm -hmm. And, so yeah, I think it's like a really subtle, nuanced like mm. discernment to be able to judge your heart and like mm. know what's going on and mm. to make sure it's in the right place. But mm. yeah, if ever our our pursuit of holiness causes us to like lash out at other people mm-hmm. because mm. of their pursuit of holiness, mm-hmm. well, that's like yeah, that's way off. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I was as I was thinking, um, kind of the definition of holiness, right? It's like to be set apart, mm-hmm. to be kind of different, to set yourself apart. Uh, I think uh, I heard, I don't know if it was Dave or John Mark Homer saying one transition also to being being weird, like mm-hmm. the, yeah. the, the weird aspect, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, and, and how weird is fasting, right? Yeah. How weird yeah. is that aspect? How, how, how is that part? But, but I think, um, I think as, as I've been um, kind of like thinking through this whole holiness connection with, with fasting, um, it feels to me like, um, you're practicing a fruit of, of the spirit by self-control. Mm-hmm. You're at least desiring to. It's like it's a it's actually like putting yourself into a yeah. place of practicing mm-hmm. um, a fruit, a fruit of the spirit. Um, and it's a discipline, and it takes time, it takes effort. Um, I honestly find myself every Wednesday <laughs> kind of feeling just like, why am I doing this? Like I I honestly it's it's weird because I get to this point where I'm like. I'm fasting, but I don't know what I'm fasting for because I keep working mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't mm-hmm. focus on this. And it's really a, um, 
a, a, a ongoing practice for me again to just remind myself that every time I feel hunger, it's a prompt to connect with God, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the invitation is that, that I love Dave McKinney always gives us like, Jesus loves to be with us mm-hmm. and he's actually glad that to be with us and that we're with him. Mm-hmm. And so every time we fast and we feel hunger caving and coming there, it's an invitation for us to meet with the one that, that is glad to meet with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not this, this thing where I'm like, oh, I'm, no, I'm just, I'm just doing it for the sake of doing it because then you feel like a Pharisee. You feel mm-hmm. like, like a moral right, leader of, of Israel, just like, I'm just doing this because my church tells me to do this. Right. Um, and, and like Dave uh, said at one point, it's, like it, it's, it's just something that you need to grow into for a long time because it's so, so contrary. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but it is such a unique way of, because one of the prompts that happens in fasting too is like one of the things you want to do in fasting is to know God's mind on something specific mm-hmm. too, right? right. Mm-hmm. So you're like giving something else up for yourself, not for, giving, not for the sake of giving it up, but to really know what God is, 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 is up to. Yeah. to really like push into that sense. So it's like you're giving up to receive something else in place of that, that God gives you um, sometimes, not always, um, <laughs> that is, is really then going away from this like, you have to do this because it's a practice into like, there's, there's, there's something in it for you mm-hmm. that you might not get otherwise mm-hmm. where you can just focus on like, I, want, I really, or like a sin that you want to deal with. Like I'm really, I'm committed to just, Mm-hmm. submitting this like by fasting giving something up to god again mm-hmm. um yeah i think it was just kind of a thought that came yeah. up yeah no that's awesome i think you guys are just hitting on something of like the practice of fasting and the purpose of it and as a church as we live into this like rule of life together like we uh are focused on god like how do we do that and so i'm wondering if one of you guys maybe toby you can clarify kind of like these practices that we have, we have this entry level and a reach level that we're participating um, together as a church. And um, yeah, describe a little bit about that. I mean, it's, it's really basic. The, the basic ask is um, to just fast for lunch, fast for a meal, to just kind of practice into that. And that you don't just fast, but take the time to pray um, either alone um, or with others. I think that's a really fun, like mm-hmm. a fun part, but a, a really communal, it's a communal practice. Yeah. Actually, I was talking to a community group yesterday. They fast together and then they break by going to In-N-Out together. Oh, I was awesome. like, I, yeah, I was like, I, I was like, that. I want to join that group. Yeah. I want to like, yeah. this is how I want to break my fast, you know? Yeah. That's cool. um, so it's like we, they, they break for one meal and then break it, break their fast together um, mm-hmm. by going to a drive-thru. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of the entry level. Let's just start practicing it. Um, out of my personal experience sharing um, my first time fasting, I got, uh, I got a really terrible migraine and um, my stomach was really upset. And so um, I got really sick from fasting my fir- first time. <laughs> um, so for me, I, I really had to really go into this entry level of just like, I'm going to start fasting one meal. Mm-hmm. And it's already a stretch. But then the reach level is kind of the next one is, is, a, is a 24-hour fast. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which I think, again, it's like, you don't just go from entry level to reach level. You slowly trans, tri- um, move from fast into reach, uh, mm-hmm. reach level. So it's a practice. Meaning you, you eat dinner on Tuesday evening, then break your fast with dinner on Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then alongside with that, we, we publish in the newsletter and on the website and social media have a fasting guide that can help you with some prompts on what the time of prayer 
can be like communal or for yourself, you can stick with that. You can also use it as a platform to kind of launch off into something else. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the fasting stretch. That's awesome. And so also too, we had opened up on our Instagram, um, some questions. We're going to probably do this every week after our sermon, um, and just open it up to gather any questions that you guys have about the particular topic we discussed. So we had a few. And so, um, our first question was, um, quote, I have a medical condition that makes fasting really harmful for me. What should I do? And actually, Dave wanted to share some further thoughts on this topic personally for him, as well as a couple things from his sermon. So we're going to play a clip of his answer, and then we'll be back. So here's Dave. Teaching a sermon with so much content and uh, cultural, you know, when you're kind of going after uh, cultural idols or cultural ideologies, or uh, I'm always left with like this crazy vulnerability hangover um, after a sermon like that. So there's a few things that I would want to say as a follow-up to it, um, to that sermon on on moral relativism um, and being a church a community of holiness and how practicing fasting gets us there. The first is, first of all, it was just a lot of content. So if you like held on that entire sermon or went back and listened to it, Again, because it was just like a lot of information, I totally thank you. And I totally get how that was just so much information. Um, and I, I, I would I, if I was to do it again, I think I would probably bake in a lot more slow down during the fasting part and talk about how hard fasting is. It's just a very hard practice, uh, especially since we for a lot of us um, don't do the, um, because we're so not habituated to fasting, we're actually habituated towards the other thing, like getting what we want when we want it and getting it in such an abundance that we have to go on diets. Um, Fasting is just something that that is just pretty foreign to us. Um, So it's hard, but it's a very necessary practice, very important practice. So I'd say it's difficult. So if you found it difficult, it's because it is difficult. For example, Fasting has been something that I've tried to practice for years, and it's taken uh, a few years just to be able to regularly fast one meal a week. I know that's probably talks about like my Enneagram sevenness and like how I just love the, all the thingsness, but it's it's very true. Like it's taken me a long time just to go. I'm gonna fast through lunch and have something early in the morning before the sun comes up, and then not eat until dinner. Like it's it took a long time to get there. So um, I, I'd say just can it, like start practicing it and giving it time, whether it's fasting breakfast and then eating lunch or um, eating before the sun rises early in the morning and then fasting through lunch and the dinner and then eventually working up to a 24-hour fast and, and that sort of thing and then practicing fasting longer. But the whole reason being um, to, to, to deny your flesh so that your spirit connects to God, like that is so important. So I'd say that um, I know there's questions about like, what about health issues and health things? And, um, you know, we've been, my wife and I, Ashley, have been pretty public about um, Ashley's struggles and in, in her history with an eating disorder. And she's walking in um, healing right now and, and living into recovery. Um, and she would say, uh, and she has said this before, 
Um, if you struggle with uh, eating disorder or you have health reasons, choose something to fast. It might be a food item. It might be dessert. It might be um, it might be a kind of way that you're eating where your fast might be in reverse. It might be something you're actually going to eat. Uh, so it's like the, it's denying your flesh, but the opposite way. So so I, I said how, you know, um, how the our our food is tied to our like our our um lack of self-will for for the for someone with the ease it's opposite it's like we have there's so much there's so much self-will and discipline in what um in people with eating disorders the way that they see food that to deny themselves would be maybe the opposite way it's inverted so it's like i'm going to discipline myself and actually eating this thing or um, staying off of, it could be social media because it, it allows my mind to see my body in a, and my, my body image in a certain way. So it's like going after the, the thing, the adjacent practice that gets to the thing. And the thing is always a denial of self. So whatever that thing is for someone to eat disorder might be something different than food. What is that thing that gets you to the denial of self so that you can be dependent on God? Um, and so uh, and so I would just, I just want to, I'd love for you to know church that I, I would really want to give yourself time, give yourself a few years to, to learn this practice. So it becomes regular and that you, you learn how to do this on the regular. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say. And I think, uh, this is an adjacent practice practice, meaning you get to holiness and you get to like not seeing the world in a morally relativistic way through this practice. And I re really believe that you start you start building capacity for holiness and you start building capacity for capacity for like, if, if, if you start seeing the world in a way of like, that's not from God. That's not what God is calling me into. That's not what God wants for me. That's not how God called us to live or has designed the world. And, and so you start seeing them as you grow in holiness. And then, um, and then hopefully you get to a place where you're walking with God in such union with God throughout the day that, uh, that you start to do these things don't become things you have to consciously think about. They get into the subconscious. They get into the habit center of your brain and your body to where you're habituated towards holiness. And that's, that's the hope. That's the goal. We'll talk about that more as the series goes on. Um, so, um, so yeah, that's, those are the things that I would say, you know, as a follow up to the sermon that if, if I was, to do it over, I would make sure these things got in there. Thanks, Dave. Um, so good. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was really good. Helpful words. <laughs> and uh, we had another question that is for us here, Toby and Melissa, that asks, when I fast, I become irritable and frustrated. <laughs> and then I don't love others well. How do I balance that well? <laughs> hangry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think Dave also hit on it too, which it's like, it's hard. Yeah. You're onto something when yeah. it's difficult, yeah. you know? And so uh, we're with you at the irritability, the frustration is just part of it too. But yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I like that's real. Um, and I think it's in those moments, like that is, that is exactly kind of like what Toby was saying. Like that's the moment where we're, we are called to pause and to refocus so like if you live with roommates and you haven't eaten all day and you walk past the kitchen and you like see the 
stack full of dishes and everything in you just wants to like plow through the door (laughs) with like righteous anger that like, as you take that first step to just stop and be like, this is what, this is what I'm literally dying to right now. Like I am dying to self. I am like, this is what I'm doing this for. So Jesus, you see those dishes, you know, they are not right. (laughs) And like, and like, do like, I give you this anger. I give you this frustration. And now I'm going to go back to my room for three more hours. And <laughs> just like, you know, I think like those moments in the same way that our, our pangs of hunger are the reminder to stop and pray. I think our emotions mm-hmm. are moments to like catch our attention and to stop and acknowledge and invite Jesus into them or to confess them to him. Or, mm. you know, like we, you do different things when you're not at your best, you see mm. like other sides of yourself. And mm-hmm. maybe like, this is the opportunity we get to like, do I have an anger problem? (laughs) Like, oh, dang, like, you know, do I have like, am I too sensitive? Like whatever is coming up that maybe this is the Lord, like unveiling some Mm. of the stuff that when you're happy and fed and like in a good mood, you don't have to really pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one small thing to add to that too, something that um, I've been hanging out with Dave McKinney way too much, but it's not enough. (laughs) Not Um, possible. (laughs) You can never hang out with Dave McKinney too much, but he always, he helped me through a really disappointing uh, experience too, where I just felt really outraged and stuff. And it's like, you know, in those moments, what he said is really helpful is to to try to connect with Jesus through a positive memory. Mm -hmm. There was just something like to just focus your mind off of your current state and connect with Jesus, ask him, it's like, can you remind me of something where I really felt your presence, mm-hmm. where I felt really close to you or something beautiful that I just get to experience. Mm-hmm. And, and even though it kind of feels like you're avoiding your current state, mm-hmm. but, it, but it's an invitation to connect with Jesus and then invite Jesus into the emotion mm-hmm. that you were mm-hmm. feeling there too, right? Back mm-hmm. into the anger. But I think when you, when you connect, when you come out of the anger and just like deal with that angerness, it makes it help. It's really helpful to actually invite Jesus like ask him to invite you into that positive memory and then come back to that other experience mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. through that positive experience. Express gratitude towards Jesus through that. Um, yeah. He's been really helping me understanding that about God. Yeah, I want to speak to something about this question too where um, this person asked uh, the balance part. And I mm. think the deeper invitation is it's it may not be about balance mm. actually. Like I think of how much God is with us in our lives and my life is not balanced yeah. mm-hmm. at all. It, so it never will be yeah. actually. And I think, um, there's a part of it that is like chaotic, and yeah. <laughs> messy. And I always tease people. I'm like, I don't ever want anyone to read my journal. It's insane. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like eight different personas. And so, and, and to this person, like is nothing about balance yeah. in there. But yeah. the cool thing is like, Jesus doesn't want balance. Yeah. He wants the he wants that chaotic eight yes. person <laughs> multiple person journal and I think in fasting I've discovered that that particular th- invitation is like he doesn't want balance yeah. at all he re- wants like just where we're at in the moment and the day yeah. and that actually he has the power to like most when you're like you take care of it God like yeah. Jesus has the power to untangle all of that mm-hmm. stuff like and and yeah. in fasting I have discovered this newfound peace mm. that it's not, a, it, it's actually like more than balance. Mm. It's like peace. It's peace among chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, whoever asked us, thank you. That's such yeah. a, such a good question. And yeah. so, yeah, we asked for our church too. If you guys have more stuff as it comes up, please ask us. Um, but to close, I'd love for us to share, um, either stories, either personally or something we've heard through the practice of fasting. Um, and, 
yeah, any encouraging thoughts for our church? Yeah, um, I can share. I'll, I, my like relationship to fasting has, um, I've, for those who don't know, I'm Jewish and grew up in um, a home where like observed Judaism and are, we're followers of Jesus. So lots of stuff going on. But one, one thing that's a normal rhythm of life in Judaism is Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. It's like the highest holy day and you fast. That's how you observe Yom Kippur. You fast all day and then you have a break fast at night. And this is how you atone for your sins. And, Hmm. um, if you're like really religious, like you sit in a dark room and you just like mourn, you spend the whole day mourning Mm. your sin. And, um, and that atones your sin and uh, like God atones for that one day. And so growing up, like I fasted in Kippur every year, the only time I ever fasted. And I hated Yom Kippur. It was like (laughs) the worst. Like I was, and it's always, it's usually it's in the fall, like always in like September. And I would just in like August, I'd be like, oh no, (laughs) September's coming. Yom Kippur's coming. Like that one day where I can't eat, it's coming. Yeah. And I just dreaded it. And I would always try to find an excuse like, oh, I have a soccer game. I need to eat. Or I try to find some reason why I couldn't fast. Um, but I always did it and like was, would complain all day long and just be miserable and hungry and think about how hungry I was. And then, you know, the day was over and I survived. And a few years ago, um, yeah, like only a few years ago, I had this thought of like, what if I was really intentional about this day? And like, just what if I like, because I, because I believe Jesus atoned for my sin, I don't have to sit and mourn for my sin all day. But what if I spend the day reflecting on that, on like what a gift I have that even though um, I'm going to not eat in like solidarity and the tradition of what my community is doing, I'm going to use that day to reflect on how thankful I am that like my sin is atoned for. And so I took the day off. I had the day off work because it's high holiday and that's, Mm -hmm. you don't work. And um, I like went for this like six hour walk in like North Beach up to Telegraph Hill and just like didn't have my phone, didn't, had no sense of time and just decided I was just going to like walk and be quiet. And it was just like, it was the most like sacred experience. And I honestly... It was the easiest fast I've ever had. I wasn't hungry. I like I didn't even care. I was just like so quiet and like peaceful and thankful. And so after doing that once, I was like, okay, I think this is this is the thing for me. Is like fasting needs to be a day where I can give my full attention to what it is I'm, what it is like I'm doing this for. And so like we have as a church have moved into fasting on Wednesdays and I have been really struggling with it because like on Wednesdays I'm just trying to like think clearly and be like pro- like you know productive and like be able to like hold meetings on Zoom and I'm like I can't yeah. I can't function. Yeah. And so just like last week I had the thought like what if I fasted on my day off on my Sabbath? And my first reaction was like no. Like that is my day to just do nothing and eat popcorn all day and feel no judgment about anything. And I just, I kind of like felt that same sense of, of like what I felt a few years ago of like, what if, but what if this is the point? Like it is meant to stop you from just doing whatever you want and to be a stretch, to be a reach. Um, and so took my day off my Sabbath and, and fasted. And, and like the first time I did it, I honestly was like thinking about all the things I wish I could have been snacking on. <laughs> but <laughs> at the end of the day, like was really just kind of like, struck by how sacred it felt like that day felt sacred it felt so intentional Mm -hmm. and protected and like I felt like 
I didn't have any like giant epiphanies from the Lord, but I felt this like sense of like, this day was really set apart. This mm. day was really, it was poured into and it was cared for and it was protected. And I think that like, for me, that's, that's like where I want to continue to like grow in fasting is not just the act of not eating, but what I'm doing with my attention and my focus and my heart while I'm not doing that. And I'm someone who like skipping a meal, I can do that. I can skip of 24 hours and be, and survive. I won't be thrilled, but I can survive. But can I do that with like, and really tap into like that peace mm -hmm. and that like life that is mm. under the surface of like dying to self in that way. And mm. so I think for me, like that's, that's my challenge in this season. And, mm -hmm. and what I'm excited about discovering and fasting is like, what if, what if there's something really good mm. to, un to uncover in that? Mm -hmm. And I want to find that. Mm -hmm. That is compelling. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Tim? I, I, I don't have any cool stories like Melissa does. For me, it's <laughs> yes, just, you uh, do. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't grow up Jewish. I grew up very <laughs> conservative where those things were kind of seen as something that that's what the Catholics do when, <laughs> when they have their Lent, and we just don't do that. We've, you know, we, we've experienced Martin Luther, who reformed uh, the, the Catholic Church and took us all out of that. So, um, <laughs> so this is, for me, this is all completely new practice. Mm. Fasting is, is uh, something uh, that I've only so far experienced through Lent. By there, you don't really fast from food. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, those have been really great experience from abstaining something that have, have helped me integrating rhythms into my, my daily lives. And so I think I'm just excited to see what this framework like will um, unlock in my own life, mm -hmm. to be honest, um, because of the potential of what it is and what, what God allows to do through those times. Um, so for me, it's less of like, a, I've had these crazy experiences, more like I'm, I'm excited to go down a pathway uh, for something that has great potential for really cool experiences with God. Yeah, that's cool. That's like a cool invitation too to be like expectant that he's going to show up in in a really unique way. Um, I think for me this season in particular, fasting has brought this like newfound depth to like my relationship with God um, in a way that I'm like in a way advocating for things or people that I actually maybe don't know personally too. Mm -hmm. And I would say. I, and very personally and raw, like the Asian American community now in yeah. this time, like I have the privilege of like fasting for things yeah. or people or events or just causes that I cannot even begin to wrap my brain around yeah. <laughs> or untangle. Um, but what I can do is be prayerful and fast on behalf of that mm -hmm. to trust God that he knows what he's doing and to untangle that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, it is the ultimate kind of dying to self too of no. like mm -hmm. your desire, everything in me in mm -hmm. my physical body wants to like react and act and no. say and do all the things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I realize in fasting I'm human. I yeah. have hunger pangs yeah. and I get hangry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like this person had asked, you know, irritable, like I, I'm all those things. Mm -hmm. And like, mm -hmm. it just helps me focus on God yeah. to be like, thank God I don't have to do this alone, you know? Yeah. And so the invitation I think is like, I'm looking forward to seeing like how this, if people are inspired by that or for like God to be able to work in their life through other people yeah. that you don't know how, I mean, yeah. we're all connected. And yeah. so that's just really 
cool invitation. Yeah. So can I actually, you, yeah. you saying that made me think of something and yeah. Dave mentioned this on Sunday and I, I don't, this is more just like looking ahead maybe, yeah. but, um, we're talking about like this, it's a practice, it's a practice, it's a practice. And I think like, well, you, you practice for like practice is for perfecting something, right? It's mm. for like, mm. it's for like you practice so that you can play a sport well or yeah. play the piano well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about Dave, um, talking about the story in the new Testament where Jesus says, no, that kind of demon only comes out with prayer and fasting. Mm. Mm. And I think, I, I think, and you, you talking about interceding mm-hmm. for something. And I think, um, I want, not, I wonder, I suspect mm-hmm. <laughs> that all, that if we as a community, our community well-practiced in the regular rule of fasting, yeah. that when there is something yeah. of like, of like stuff, like stuff, yeah. like yeah. real yeah. stuff yeah. that whether we encounter it as a community or as individuals, yeah. we will have this practiced so well that we, yeah. we can actually take it as a weapon yes. that we can say yeah. like, I am fasting, totally. not just because it's Wednesday, but I'm yeah. fasting because I want to intercede for the salvation of my family. Yeah. I want to intercede for the brokenness in my yeah. friendships. I want yeah. to intercede for my husband. I want to intercede for my yeah. wife. I want to like intercede for my city. Yeah. I want to intercede for this community that yeah. like fasting yeah. is not meant to just be something I do on yes. the week, like, yeah. because that's what I do, but <laughs> yeah. that it, it's a practice so that yeah. we can yeah. wield it yeah. powerfully yeah. Mm-hmm. on behalf of the kingdom of God. Yeah in the moment that we're called to do that. So like, I think as we look ahead with fasting, like we're not just doing this to like all be on the same page about what days we don't eat, but so that we can be like a community ready and powerfully like equipped to like to fight for what God is doing and to like, like, yeah, I just, I like that just hit me and I'm like, wait a second, wait, wait, this is what, like, this is what I'm doing this for. Okay, good. Like, yeah, but yeah, I think that's going to be a a big thing for us. Yeah. 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 It's such a deep and always inviting (laughs) invitation there to like meet God in, in those ways. So thank you guys. This was really fun. I love chatting with you guys. So see you guys later. Bye friends. Bye.